Welcome back to the Drive Podcast. Matt Pink. How are we? We're just the two of us today. Yeah. Hi. We're talking to each other all the time anyway, but this is us officially talking together for your ears and uh hopefully we can share some wisdom around this dry adventure and for this episode we're going to talk about dry jan and our experiences of dry jan our january dry challenge gotta make sure we get that bit right um and all the excitement that is the new year new you and the massive influx of people into the dry app we've tipped the scales at seven thousand people now which is pretty incredible and also some big announcements coming up one of which is that this podcast We've got our first sponsor for the podcast, which is a whopping great big one, which I think is a credit to all of you guys for downloading, subscribing and following Athletic Greens, who sponsor many of the biggest podcasts in the land. The Rich Roll podcast, Tim Ferriss podcast, Rongan Chatterjee podcast. Basically, pick your biggest podcast that you can think of and Athletic Greens uh, sponsor it. And they've approached us to sponsor the Dry podcast. How cool is that, Matt Pink? pretty cool mate because i didn't i hadn't tried it before the end of last year and i got really hooked on it i was like this is brilliant I, you were drinking it crystal was drinking it quite a few people i follow online were drinking it and um yeah it's just an unbelievable product and you know it's it's, it's endorsed by some of the biggest sports stars in the world so we'll talk more about it as our experience goes on as well because we've got sort of i've got some at home which i'm continuing to use so i'm looking forward to discussing how i'm feeling as the weeks go on yeah, and it's something that I use consistently and have done for many, many years. I love it. It's that sort of, it fills in those nutritional blanks that we all have. I've just run a course at the moment. I was talking about people's nutrition and consistently people are scoring fives and sixes out of 10. I think nutrition is a really tricky one. So having something that you can just supplement with works brilliantly for me anyway, and I know it works well for you, but we're getting to all that good stuff down the line. Let's come back to dry and all the exciting stuff that's happened. Let's talk. Dry Jan. So what have your previous Dry Jan experiences, good and bad, been like? Mate, my experience has been horrendous. I think everybody, <laughs> I've, I've used this quite a number of times, these stories, but it was a really weird thing for me because whenever I tried Dry Jan, I got to like five, six days in and I really, really struggled. That didn't help. I've got a couple of close mates that are, their birthdays were on like the 5th and the 14th. So it was always, you know, and I sort of knew I was, no, this year I was going to go, I went to the pub with them and I was like, no, nah, I'm just drinking lemonade or whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes that did happen, but invariably that sort of wore me down so much. Then the next day I was like, you know what, this is all over before it's even started. And I was sort of semi-proud of myself for even doing a week. Um, but I, in truth, I don't think I ever did. Well, I didn't ever do dry jam ever. And I found the easiest time I've ever given up alcohol is when I gave up forever. And that's a really weird thing. But I think a lot of people can relate to that because I, I found that when I was stopping for a month, the, the aim being a month, but I was doing two, three weeks maximum. You know, all it made me do was want to just absolutely smashed afterwards. And yeah, we, we used to joke with my mate saying it'd be dry jam and soaking wet feb. And it was very true because that was just how it rolled. And then suddenly you're into March, you've forgotten about the good few weeks you had at the start of the year. And then it's, you've got summer in your mind, you've got festivals, you've got holidays, you know, all-inclusive holidays, whatever it is. And that was it, game over. So those two weeks were brilliant for what they lasted for. But I just could never do it. Could you, could you do it? No, do you know what? I know I've never done a dry jan. I've never no, specifically did a dry jan ever. Same sort of story. My best mate, Lenny, it was best man at the wedding. His birthday's on the 14th of Jan. So it was a complete killer. I couldn't get past that. Nor did I really have the interest in truth. I didn't really have the interest. In fact, when I stopped, which is 
coming up to, I don't know if it's eight or nine years. I'm sort of about a year out. I don't know if I've got it right or wrong, but it was mid to late Feb, maybe even first of March type vibes. I stopped. So after a dry Jan, I hadn't done dry Jan, but I was still building up from Christmas. I, I clearly remember being absolutely destroyed that Christmas to a point. It just wasn't nice. It wasn't pleasant. I didn't enjoy the Christmas experience because I was just so beaten up and bruised from all the silliness of client entertaining and mates and Christmas that I limped through Jan in theory and then we had a big sort of work event which is a week-long event which is notoriously an absolute massive piss up there's no other way for it it's designed and disguised as an opportunity to meet with clients but it's hard it's horrific and at the end of that I was like nah that is it and bear in mind there'd been about two years build up to that that was the moment and that was you know for me about eight years ago but yeah in terms of the, the concept of dry Jan no it wasn't something for me but I think it's brilliant in many ways and I think there's two sides to it and maybe that's what we can also talk about there's the side that I think is the genius behind it that is this culturally accepted place now to take a break from alcohol which is brilliant and it's bringing like millions and millions of people into alcohol free space but once they're in there's those two approaches isn't, isn't there there's the approach of and this is the sort of where I was for a while within it sounds like you're in a similar place which is right, if I can do a month off Jan or even take a bit of a break in Jan, that says to me, I don't have any sort of problem with alcohol. Therefore, it's the license to get ironed out for the next 11 months. I don't know if you had a similar ex experience. Yeah, it's exactly it, mate. I thought, yeah, you take a month off, you've got 11 months of getting drunk, you can sort of justify it. Because I remember, I think I worked it out one day. And like, if you take those 31 days out of the year, it sort of justifies if you only drink three or four times a week you take january out it doesn't look too bad all of a sudden and um yeah that's exactly what it was a license to appreciate getting drunk rather than appreciate what it was like not to be drunk or not to drink that's what it was for me because i actually when i went back to drinking i was like, ah, oh, no this is my safe house this is where this is what i like and reaffirming my own sort of false beliefs that have been built up over years to come years before yeah, that's that's how I sort of viewed it. So I was quite happy to step back into my previous shell, if you like. We speak a lot about you know what you if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. And I think I was in very much in that camp. My 95% of my subconscious mind was all built around those, those behaviors and those places and those drinks. And stepping out of that felt isolated and I didn't like it, but I was challenging myself and I was gritting my teeth and getting as far as I could, which wasn't very far. But when I went back into the drinking, I was like, this is me, this is me. But in truth, it, I knew in the back of my mind and the more I took breaks, I, I sort of started to question, is it me? Is it me? And every time I did it, and I think we were talking just off air about how the fact I'd given up coffee for like two days because you've been you've been on a little coffee break. And uh, Don't tell oh, you. Oh, <laughs> a little coffee break, I disguised it. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, and I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, I'm question. I've gone back to drinking coffee after two days because I can't do it. Um, but having had my first Starbucks today, I was like, again, there's something in the back of my mind. It's almost like the seed's been planted. I know that it's probably I probably would live a better, happier, healthier life if I stopped drinking coffee altogether. But I don't want to. I'm not there yet, and I definitely don't want to. I've dis I've discovered that and it's very much the alcohol because when you went back to it, it wasn't like it was like, well, this is great. It was on the surface, but underneath it, there was something where I was like, hmm, there's something in that. I'll, I'll revisit it. Um, and that, for me, came in the form of doing weeks off, two weeks off away from Jan. It was more throughout the year. And that's when I discovered that, actually, I think life is much better without it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that's the key bit. There's something underneath it all 
that confabulates these stories. And, I, and I've spoken about that a lot, this confabulation. I'm really interested in this and I'm doing a lot more research around it. And what that is, it's that consciously we tell stories to feed our subconscious desires. So we don't even really know why we're telling these stories, but they make such beautiful sense. So they're like these confabulated reasons as to why I need to drink because it feels safe. And that's what I've done. And that's who I am. That's driven by these subconscious wants for the drug essentially that is alcohol. And I found that with me and coffee. Genuinely, I think a similar sort of pattern in my life of me behaving in a way around coffee that actually I don't think was me from a really rational place. It was actually me being driven by that desire of withdrawal in the morning. I need to get my coffee fixed. Therefore, I'm going to make up all these reasons and excuses as to why I need to get up at the crack of dawn and be the first person in the coffee house to riot because actually it's been driven by something else. And I think we can start to feel that a little bit. It's the same with alcohol. We start to notice maybe a crack in that, a chink in the armory of actually who's driving the bus here? Is it me or is there something else at play? And I think once you start to have that introspection, it might not be instant, but over time, like your story and my story, I think you start to prize that gap open a little bit and go, right, hold on, I'm going to look in there. Is this really what I want to do? Is this really serving me? And I think that brings us nicely into sort of other approach to alcohol free which we're all about which is right getting you in that space because it's a brilliant excuse to come together and take a break but whilst you're in there rather than shutting yourself down with all those old behaviors and writing the month off and it's going to be rubbish and i'm not going to see anyone and using it as an excuse to go and get hammered for the rest of the year and destroyed over christmas actually come into it with those fresh eyes of right i've got an opportunity here i'm going to take a month off alcohol what else can I do? Can I get fitter, faster? Can I connect with a new group, a new community? Can I be inspired by new people? Can I open my mind and you know, eyes to new ideas and beliefs? Can I read some books or listen to some new podcasts or some new tech t- TED Talks? Use it as a real opportunity for growth. And I think if you bring that mindset to the dry gen experience, it's a thousand times more powerful than that. I'm feeling forced. I have to do this just to prove to myself that I haven't got one of those addiction things that so many people do. Whereas what we're all about is let's go it and have a different experience. And I think that in itself, that's the transformation for a lot of people right in there. Yeah, exactly, man. How fortunate. That, that's ultimately why we created dry, isn't it? Like, and that's why we've got the dry, the January dry challenge, because exactly that reason we've got over a thousand people in there and it's absolutely thriving and think of the difference that makes to someone just coming into that group getting that free support coming into that community meeting like-minded people that are all doing the same thing all on the same number of days and all with one common purpose that are ready to take a break from the booze like if i had had a coffee you know (laughs) group like that that i could have been in the chances are i'd have got a lot further than two days but I didn't have, and it's very much, it's quite good for me as a coach because I've been able to live in some people's shoes because I'm sitting at home. My missus drinks coffee. She's waking up, putting the kettle on, making a coffee. I'm making a decaf coffee and going to the gym. And actually the amount of people that message me and say, my husband still drinks. I don't know how I'm going to do it. My wife still drinks. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I've been very fortunate myself that Kirsty gave up with me on the same day of alcohol. And actually that was a real eye opener for me. Cause I was like, oh, it's difficult, isn't it? When your partner's there making that drink and I'm there thinking, I want that drink. It's really quite difficult. So it's been great for me to, as a little experience, but um, yeah, I think going back to it, the community piece is, is where it's at, isn't it? And that's where ultimately people are going to come through this adventure whether they do the whole of Jan or not, or whether they fail halfway through, it doesn't really matter. They're giving it a bloody good go. And they've joined 
an app which has opened their eyes to a whole new world and i think that's an important part as well just to see that there are plenty of other people doing the same thing there are plenty of other people that are open their eyes to what life could be like without booze and they've experienced it for whether it's a week two weeks three weeks or the whole month they've experienced what life can be like and that will come back you know with a vengeance at some point in the future where they'll be like right now i'm ready yeah it's so true and something you said there's really important about the failure bit because for lots of people and our stories are littered with failures and failed dry jans and attempts and you know I had a good two years of making a sort of conscious decision I started to really think about it that this is not what I want to do anymore and then trying on so many occasions and finding it really difficult exactly that Tara my wife still drinks all those moments of connection you know that we would have had previously my best mates all still drink found that so incredibly difficult kept coming back to it kept failing kept learning kept having the courage to come back and bear in mind there was no support then there wasn't anyone around really it was just it felt like it was me on my own made it a longer challenge whereas I think it could have been so much quicker had I had the dry up for example but in that learning piece of getting it wrong was often the goal that I was seeking you know and I find that so often with people that it's not a moment to give up actually very often that's the moment to really learn to be courageous enough to see what it was that tripped you up and it could be a loneliness it could have been a boredom it could have been that your mate drinks and you didn't quite have the courage to tell them up front but there's loads of lovely learning in there rather than it being a reason to give up that's it you know like you said about dry that's it i'm out what's the point i failed again actually there's a real learning opportunity so that's really important i think in case in the month of jan or any of the monthly challenges that we do that actually if there's a slip in the road so what learn from it own it come back the next day because even if you get to the end of the month and there's a couple of blips in there that probably versus a traditional month is a world especially if you take christmas as your last month and reflect on christmas versus jan even if it contains a couple of learning points in there that is a massive amount of progress yeah exactly and i think it's um i think the best thing about it is we know that when you remove the booze everything else falls into place all right it's not like the perfect world all of a sudden but you go through I certainly went through my life looking for how can I get fitter at the gym how can I run faster how can I earn more money at work how can I start a side hustle how can I be a better dad all these questions and I spend a month reading a book or I'd spend a month on a half marathon training program or I'd go and do a PT course or whatever it is and then suddenly I'm like can't find the answer so I'll give up can't find the answer so I'll give up whereas when you remove the booze all of them get better. Every single every single part of that gets even better than it is already. And I think that's the glimpse behind the curtain that people are getting from that time off the booze. That's certainly what I had. And then it's just a case of the stars need to align sometimes. You know, sometimes it ain't ready. Sometimes you are about to go on a lad's holiday. Sometimes you, you're about to get married next week. Yeah, you know, and the time isn't right, but you've had a glimpse. And once you have a glimpse, you can't unsee that. And I think it makes a lot of sense. And people have answered their questions. It's just a matter of time then before they either take a further tactical break, which a lot of people are doing, and we encourage a month, six months, 100 days, whatever it is, or they make the plunge and sort of say it's going to be forever. Yes, yeah, so the truth is as well, and this is backed up in the research by um, Stanton Peel, who I really admire in terms of his research. And this is predominantly around addiction. And we're not talking about addiction here, but most of the research is around addiction. And what he found, which was really interesting to me, is that most people, and I'm talking hardcore addiction now, you know, alcohol, alcohol, crack cocaine, this is that sort of a level of addiction. Most people heal themselves or overcome their addiction over time without any treatment or help. 
that's the truth of the situation. A lot of people don't know that. They think it's this, you know, progressive disease that once you've caught it, that's it. It's game. It's not the truth at all. I'm talking about hardcore addiction here. But that fascinates me because what that says is time is the greatest healer. But that it, my issue with that is imagine the destruction that goes on in that period of time. Do you know what I mean? Even though they might come out the other side of it and that addiction, they might overcome it, whether it's to crack cocaine or sex or gambling or alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, the pain and the destruction that probably lives in that piece is massive. Make no bones about it. It's huge. So I think even when we're at the lighter end of it and we're more in the middle lane is where we're at, what we're all about is trying to fast track it, fast track the whole process, right? Why wait the two years, the three years that it took us to make this you know, incredible change? Let's fast track it a bit. And it might not be that you get it in month one, but it might be that you get it in month three. Imagine three months as opposed to three years, the difference that's going to make to your relationships. That could be the difference between a marriage breaking up or not. It could be the difference between you getting a promotion or not. It could be the difference between you having a heart attack or not. Who knows? It certainly was something that saved me. I wish I could have accelerated it all. And I think that's where the movement's going now. And that dry and all the beautiful things that we're doing is allowing people to not have to sit it out for five or 10 years and figure it out. They might be able to do it in a month or two. That for me is electric. Exactly. And the world's set up for it. Everything's set up for it. We've, like you say, we've got the beautiful free app that helps you know thousands of people all around the world. You've got supermarkets stocked to the brim right now, especially with alcohol-free alternatives. With pretty much every brand that's doing it. So if you're a Guinness fan, you're a Ghost Ship fan, you're a Heineken fan, you're good. You can have a zero version. I went to a curry last Friday. Had Cobra. I would normally have had Cobra back in the day. I've had a Cobra Zero. Nothing changes. I'm still going out for a curry with my mates. I'm still having Cobra with my mates. Um, before that wouldn't have happened. You'd be Bexley or nothing. And I think then you've got the likes of this podcast. Then you've got the likes of you put the TV on or the radio on today. Dry Jam, Dry Jam, it's everywhere. And it's everyone's doing it. And they say, I think it's 8 million people that are doing it this year um, from Alcohol Change UK, our friends at Alcohol Change UK, who are amazing at sort of the facts, figures, stats, and signposting. So check them out. Um, and that's only getting more and more, isn't it? That's getting more and more people that are doing that, more and more people that are waking up, which means it's all the way to our vision, isn't it? Of having one in two people choose dry by 2033 that's yeah you know, we're just aiming to speed it up you know i think it's good it'll probably be there by 2050 but we're trying to get there by 2033 and i think things like this you know the the groups we're setting up the people that are in it the vibrancy and the energy of the group is just making it so much more attractive to join and i think that's why we're seeing such gathering of pace yeah i love it and what's going to happen on that note as well so we don't forget to sort of draw us to a conclusion as well is that we're going to Scotland this weekend. So Matt and I have put real lot of effort into moving about and meeting as many of you as possible. We've done Newcastle, we've done Birmingham, we've done London, and we're just going to keep roving and roaming to meet as many of you as possible. So this weekend, Matt, you've got more of the specifics around this, but we're in Edinburgh on Saturday and Glasgow on Sunday. I don't know if you want to share a few more of the specifics. We'd love to see as many of you there as possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Andy's tour guide. I basically booked his flight, booked his hotels. He's just going to, I tell him where to turn up and then that's it. We go I'm like Judith Chalmers. I just turn <laughs> up and just, yeah, take all the glory. So where, what are the specifics? We are flying to uh, Edinburgh on Friday night and we're going to be walking at 10 a.m. in Edinburgh, Holyrood Park. Um, we're meeting the details are all within the app at 10 a.m we're going for a roughly an hour walk although we don't know where we're going but we'll be starting and finishing at the same place so we'll figure it out um and then on we're moving up to glasgow for saturday night we're staying over there because then sunday morning at 10 a.m as well we'll be meeting 
don't ask me the name of the arch, but it's an arch in Glasgow Green, which is available on the app as well, the exact details. So we've got, it says on the app, we've got about 50 odd people coming to Edinburgh and about 40 odd people coming to Glasgow. So oh, brilliant. given the fact that we saw them numbers be quite accurate at the other, at the other events we've done, I think that'll probably be about right. So we are absolutely buzzing to do that. Absolutely buzzing. Yeah, I can't wait. Actually, that'd be a nice trip. Edinburgh's a beautiful place. I don't know if you've been to Edinburgh, Matt, but yeah. oh yeah, you've been you've been a lot of these places because of Reese. Um, Glasgow, I've never been to, so I'm super excited about that. And then we've got Dublin and Belfast, and then we've got Cardiff, and then we will have the Liverpool, Manchester, because we've got so many people asking about that. And I think that's really important for us to turn the online offline. You know, Dry is not just an app. Dry is all of it. It's the offline, it's the connection, it's the brunches, it's the lunches, it's the boat parties. It's this bigger, I think, movement around alcohol-free, mostly fully tactically dry as a foundation of a healthy, vibrant life. That's what this is all about. So the fact that we're getting out there to meet all you guys is just something that's really important to both Matt and I. So if you're anywhere close, get yourself involved. Anything else you want to share, Matt? Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to my off the sesh people. So some of you would have seen that I launched a group called off the sesh also last week, which was, um, it's just a bill, a real passion for myself. It's a male only community. And I know what it's like for me as a lad, when I was, you know, you go through your life and you drink with your mates through your twenties, you, you play football, whatever, rugby, whatever it is you drink. It's a culture of drinking. You go through your twenties, you're drinking. And then what happens towards the end of your twenties is you start getting a better job or a house or a mortgage or a baby or a marriage. And you're like, hang on a minute. This is getting quite serious, but you only know one way to relax or to have fun, and that's, that's drinking. And that in your 30s is quite damaging because he's still drinking, but you need to drink more to get the same effect you had to drink when you were 25. But your mates start to disappear because they're getting married and they're doing new things and they're getting new jobs, etc. So you're finding yourself alone and drinking and often drugging as well. And I feel like that's, I know a lot of people and have been in that place in my sort of mid 30s where I'm lost. I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go. And I wanted to create something that was um, uh, that could, I could provide my coaching. You know, my coaching isn't cheap. And if people can't afford it, they can't afford it. And that's, that's almost binary, yes or no, you can have it or you can't. And I wanted to create something that was in the middle, that was really affordable. So I created something that's only £29 a month and you get a weekly group coaching session with me and you get to meet a group of like-minded lads. And there's a great group of lads already in there, some of which have been in the dry up for a while. And we're going to do things like events. We're going to do things like lads retreats. We're going to do things with lads, you know, as, as a team of lads as we go forward. And I just think it's missing. And it's missing because it's so hard to do it because it takes a guy who's done it to, to actually launch something like that. And there's not many guys that have done it and want to then keep talking about it and launching about it and helping other people with it. So I think that's why it's not really happened, but I'm super excited that it's out there. I'm super excited about the future. I'm on, I'm going on a big podcast myself next week to talk yeah. about it, which I'm super excited about. And um, yeah, it's, it's only just getting started. So if you're interested in joining me in Off The Sesh, go to offthesesh.com um or check it out on instagram or send me a message or an email whatever you want to send um and yeah we'll get you in there and it's just a, it's a super safe place to be and it all lives within our sort of family which is the dry app as well love it love it i think we should do a specific podcast on that topic actually because i think it's one that we could totally explore and, and pull apart because something i'm really passionate about as well being a male and being in that environment as well um i think it's fantastic that there is something specific for uh, that group of people because even though there's lots of brilliant organizations out there 
they tend to be, if you look at the demographic behind them across the board, very much more um, female in their demographic. So something specific for men. And we know men are suffering in a big way across the board, whether it be with alcohol, suicide, depression, mental health. They are much less willing to step forward and step out and be a part of these groups and these online movements. We just see that through all the numbers. So something that's specifically tailored, I think, is desperately needed. And it could genuinely help many, many people. So I'm I'm totally behind it. It's something you'll really want to promote and just have available. And it's there as another brilliant resource that's in the dry family. If you're sitting there thinking, that's me, that's the kind of support that I want. Obviously, Matt's brilliant at what he does. And now it's so accessible. I mean, that's ridiculously accessible, uh, hopefully to everyone and anyone. So yeah, I think we'll do a specific podcast around that, uh, maybe even next week or the week after. Sounds good to me, mate. Love it, love it. All right, Matt, let's wrap it up there. So hopefully we'll see as many of you as humanly possible on uh, Saturday or Sunday in Edinburgh and then Glasgow on the Sunday. Don't forget, I'm live every weekday in the dry up at 7.30 a.m. The life members, Matt, Crystal, are all live in our January dry challenge at 7 p.m. It's an incredible resource. Get yourself involved. Love it, live it dry. And we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.